0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. I'm JT, and today we've got Dennis Bowman from Bowman's Butt and Barbecue. I want to say that very slowly so I get it correct. <laughs> and uh, Dennis is the current KCBS world champ in the Invitational uh, in the Backyard Division for both ribs and chicken. So um, that's kind of a, an anomaly to win both of those. And uh, I hope Dennis can actually do what he wants in... That is win those in the master series at some point in his career. So a couple of interesting questions here. I th- I think. Um, do you really? Do you think the TV shows that are out there, you know, pitmasters and and all the different ones that we've seen over the last dozen years? Do you think they've helped or hindered uh, the barbecue world?
1: Oh, I think I think it helped the competition par- portion. I think it really blew it up um, in a, in a positive way. I mean, I would say, I would say of the, the group that that we're kind of tight with um, that compete in the backyard, the mid Atlantic region of like, there's like 10 teams that are really in our group. I bet, maybe five or six of them got into maybe more got into competition barbecue just because of barbecue pit masters. Sure. Um, because a lot of people, like I said, myself, I'd never even heard of such a thing. And then when I saw it, I was like, what is this? I was like, this would be crazy to compete barbecue. And then, and then it got me like googling. And I was like, Oh, there's competitions around me. Like I could do this. Um, the, I, I mean, I think it really helped it unfortunately. And then there was, you know, there was barbecue pit wars that also, I think that was around 2015, 16, right. Um and it followed competitions. And then other than that, you had the there really hasn't been a show since then that followed competitions or I know that the American what was it, the American barbecue showdown or on Netflix I think that just came out this past year, but it wasn't competition driven. It was more of a cooking show, you know. Yeah. With with barbe- with barbecue cooks and they had to, you know, cook barbecue. But but that was a different type of um Competition. But I would say the show, especially the ones that focused on KCBS type competitions, really blew the sport up um, because it it made people aware that there was such a thing.
0: Right. And I can tell you, our listeners, and I can tell you, Dennis, I was on uh, not a barbecue show, but a cooking competition show several years ago. Um, and there's nothing real about it. So I, <laughs> I, I can tell the one I was on. Now, that that may not be true for all of them, except when when Myron was on one of his appearances on this show, first thing he said is, there's nothing real about them damn cooking shows on TV, on reality TV, (laughs) you know. So, um, you know, I would say if you ever got the chance to do one, you should do it because it's a real interesting experience. Just don't set your expectations too high on it because the producers control everything. So, and I also, I work in the TV business outside of this show. Um, I do cook on television. So, um, and I don't just do barbecue. I mean, I have to cook all year round and it's for stations here in the Northwest and in, in Oklahoma and stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, you know, so, but it's a, it's a great experience for people if they've never been around TV production to see how it really works and your timing and, uh, You know, because they'll say you've got one hour to cook this, but they'll stop right after they say that. They stop, and then you can kind of get some prep time, and then they'll start, and then they'll stop the clock again. This is all off camera, so that you (laughs) know, kind of everybody gets pretty close to being done at the same time. And then if there's somebody that's really behind them, it's a big issue, you know. Like yeah, yeah,
1: that it would be fun. Yeah, that would that would be really interesting to uh, to be part of. I I could see exactly what you're saying, though. Yeah, I I imagine that that's really driven by the producers and the setup
0: of the show oh yeah because they're the ones that are gonna make the money on it um yeah and so and they're taking the risk you know so that's very understandable um but yeah, it, like but I said if you get a chance to ever do one um jump at it you know get on it I will so, so how does your style different from your competitors we talked about your process a little bit during the radio the regular show but how does your style different from like your buddies from Alabama and stuff?
1: Um, hmm, that's a good question. I would say style-wise, I feel like the what makes me a little different than the majority of the guys um, is I'm a hot and, cook, hot and fast cook, where the majority of guys are cooking at that 275 range. Uh-huh. And like I mentioned on the show, I, I'm cooking a little hotter into the 300. So my stuff's cooking a lot faster, so my timelines are set up different. Um, and not there, there's a few guys that do that. Um, obviously, I think Myron actually, yeah, coined that term hot and fast at one point.
0: Yeah. He's, um, uh, he's, he's pushed more towards that than the traditional low and slow, you know, yeah, exactly. Things, and yeah.
1: I, I really, uh, I mean, I, I kind of like the idea because I wouldn't have to get as much, uh, I could sleep in a little more. Um, but I actually stumbled into it on accident too. Because, uh, so this past year when I got my new smoker, um the trailer smoker I was talking about, the off uh the offset stick burner. Right. This thing, it has three different thermometers on it. There's two doors, so it's got one on each door and then that warming chamber that I was mentioning I put the wood in. And uh anyways, I would try to keep this thing, you know, 250, 275, and uh it would do a great job. And uh so anyways, I'd had this thing for a little over a year. I guess I'd had it for about a year and a half at this point. Um and we went to we were at a competition in Pennsylvania this past year. And we ended up staying up way too late on Friday night. And
0: uh, Go figure. And,
1: uh, yeah, go figure. And uh, we had to cook pork. And I want to say my pork was supposed to be on it. I can't remember what my timeline is. I think I was supposed to wake up and start everything at 3 a.m. And uh, anyways, I woke up at 6.30 in the morning. And I was like, oh, my God. That was in my truck. And so I'm, like, rolling out. And everyone's like, hey, what's going on, man? I thought you I were you." you you're just gonna sleep all day you know no and, uh, and i was trying to play it cool they're like did you just, you know just sleep in i was like no 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 I, was like, I got this i got this and so i was trying to act, act like i wasn't panicking and uh and so i i liked my smoker up as fast as i could and i had my i had my pork sitting on the table in these in bags just cold um and it was like seven fifteen. and one of the guys you know when pork turn in is that uh is it one and one of the guys was like Are you, is that your pork that you're turning in and i was like yeah yeah i was about to, i'm about to throw it on now And uh, he's like, you're going to get it done? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll get it done. So anyways, I throw it on and I cook it. And uh, long story short, this was the crazy story. We talk about this a lot. I ended up winning first place pork that day with tab pork. And I cooked it in like, it was right under five hours, right around five hours. It got done like 15 minutes before turning. So I didn't even get to rest it. I just pretty much built the box and won first place with it. And so then uh, one of the guys came over afterwards and was like, he was like, dude, what temperature are you cooking at? And I was like, uh, it was about 250, 270 today. And he was like, there's no way you cooked that pork at, at that temperature. And I was like, well, was like maybe one of these thermometers could be off, but all three of them are the same. I seriously doubt they're all off exactly the same. Right. And so sure enough, I go and get another, uh, I got one thermometer the next week and replaced one and did, did another cook just to see where it actually was. And it turns out I was actually cooking at like 325, 350 this whole time. Yeah. And I had no idea because yeah. the thermometers were off. And uh, and I had built the rib recipe that I used based off of that temperature. Although I thought I was cooking at 250 at the time, that's why my ribs were cooking in two hours. And I was just like, well, I just cook fast, man. And I just had not even realized it was because all three of those thermometers were off. And I was like, I guess I'm just a hot and fast cook. And I just didn't even know it. <laughs>
0: Well, I can tell you when I do my ribs at home, um, I do them at, uh, what do I do them at? I, I was trying to think, cause I, I play around with it all the time, but, yeah. I but I've done them at 210, uh, 225 like that. Mm. Um, and cause I've got time to do it, you know, and I'm usually outside yeah. when I'm doing it. So I'm farting around in the yard or doing something or practicing pitching my golf shots and uh, chipping back there. I've yeah. got some mats and stuff. So, uh, you know, I can do that one and I've, you know, crank it up to uh, three, three, ten on the brisket. And then I'll wrap it later, you know, and do that. doesn't matter. I mean, yeah. my whole thing about this show, this show, and what I've really tried to encourage people is if it works for you and you're happy with it, go with it. You don't have exactly. You know, if I say no, by God, you have to cook those ribs at at three twenty seven, and that's the gold standard in doing it. And it's like, no, it's not. You know, if yep. if if because uh, I I mentioned Amy Mills in the regular show. Amy told me that they actually cook their ribs at the at the restaurant and stuff at two ten, and that's how they wow. cook them. You know. And I was like, no. I was like, "Wow, that's kind of low." And she's like, "Yeah, but it works for us because we give them an extra hour or whatever." She said, and true. And, and so I tried it, and it worked. So <laughs> you know, it it worked really that's, well. It just takes a that's, while.
1: That's yeah. a good point, though. Like what you said, uh, and whatever works for you, because I I say that a lot with people, because obviously with competing a lot of like friends and pe- people that know me they'll always ask sure. me for barbecue advice and uh and they'll be like yeah, how long do i have to cook this and like my smoker and i always to tell them like the cool thing about is there's really no right or wrong way to do it like everyone's doing it slightly different like no one's doing it exactly the way i do it and it works for other people even with competitions no one's doing it the exact same way no one's cooking on all- the-, the same smokers don't always win Just say, you know what I mean? It's like, just do do what works for you because there's no right or wrong way to do barbecue.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, if we want to put a baseline on that, the barbecue that is the wrong way to do it, because you said something at the beginning of the show, is exactly how we grew up. Um, We had chicken that was charred and still raw inside. You know, but, oh right, oh, well, it, I guess
1: there is a wrong there is a wrong way. let's <laughs> repeat that there's no wrong way if it's working <laughs> right, right,
0: <laughs> but you know they'd put it on this. We had this old rotisserie that'd go Rrr, punk, Rrr, punk. Yeah. and so the the one side that went punk was always stayed closer to the coals longer than the regular uh you know revolving. Uh, you know, the rest of the revolution, if you will, on the chicken. So that side was always charred. And then of course, about an hour in, they started slathering sauce on it, which burnt to a holy crisp, you know, within 10 minutes. And then they'd say, well, it looks done to me. And it was (laughs) God awful, you know, and I remember that (laughs) as a kid, you know, so don't do that folks, whatever you do, don't do that.
1: (laughs) That's hilarious. My, one of my, uh, one of my close friends that competing this past year he said that the first competition he ever did it was a backyard competition years ago and, and he signed up and he thought it was just chicken for some reason and he got there and they were like well chicken and ribs he's like oh ribs too he's like i've never even cooked ribs he's like but i'll uh, okay I'll, I'll get ribs he was like so i went out and bought like just one or two racks of baby back he was like, i've never even cooked ribs i had no idea he's like i just put them on and then just bought a big bottle of um of sweet baby Ray's, and you yeah. like I put these ribs for like three hours, and like every fifteen minutes, I would just brush them with more barbecue sauce, <laughs> like the whole time.
0: <laughs> and when they people bit into it, it exploded and crackled, and they just went. <laughs> 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 <Right>. <laughs> we had a, I judged one up here. I'm not a KCBS judge, but I've been asked to judge as a celebrity a few times, like that. Yeah, <clears throat> and. uh uh, one of my favorite stories, and people probably heard this before too, is they were they were bringing in the the ribs. We were across the street in a Marriott. They'd had a room for us in the Marriott. So there was, I don't know, six or seven of us in there that were the judges and that. And they opened up this one box and it smelled so much and so heavy with liquid smoke that none of, None of us. we, was, oh, we just closed the lid and everybody gave it zeros <laughs> and that was the end of that deal. So, uh, cause nobody would take a bite of it. It was just so God awful. And, uh, oh my God. you know, we had some good cooks there and, uh, you know, the winners, uh, you know, great flavor, tenderness, all those things you look for, but that one, man, nobody even wanted to take a bite of it. So that was, that was pretty, wow. funny. pretty funny. So now what's your
1: favorite thing to cook? Is
0: it ribs, barbecue, like barbecue meat? Tri-tips.
1: Tri-tips. Yeah. Nice. I've never tried. Tri-tips, they always say, is a West Coast kind of thing. And then you can get them here. I, but it's not. they're not hard to, they're not easy to find. Yeah. That.
0: Well, <clears throat> um, and I'm sure people have heard this story before, too, if they've listened to the show at all. But I first had uh, tri-tips back in the early 90s down in Brazil. And um, it was uh, really good. Um, I can't remember how you pronounce the name of those restaurants there. But basically, they bring the big um, skewers by. And those skewers are loaded with meat, one individual style. So big chunks of tri-tip or big chunks of... Chicken breast or oh, I've turkey. heard of that. Yeah. And, and they, they cut sp-
1: off however much you want. Yeah,
0: you can just tell them to keep yeah. slicing and they'll do it, you know, like that. And that's the first time I'd ever had tri-tip. So I came home and I went to uh a butcher shop that wasn't too far from where I was working at the time. And uh and I knew the guy and I said, Hey Dave. I said, I I wanna get some tri-tips. He goes, Man, that's almost impossible because we grind them up for burger back then okay so this is 30 30 years ago he said that's we don't trim those out we just kind of grind them up and i said well interesting don't don't do that save me some so he he like (laughs) he like next time he got an order and he called me and he said i've got like five of these things here and so i started cooking them and found out that they were so tender and so delicious um and it and here on the West Coast, of course, down in California, like everything in California, they, you know, they had it prior to the Spanish Inquisition. But, um, you know, they, because they've got, you know, Santa Maria style cooking and all that stuff. Well, when it hit the Northwest and then it kind of caught on and it wasn't just because of me at all, but it was uh, for some reason just through natural processes all of a sudden, the stores started carrying tri-tips. And first, they would cut them up into strips like steaks. And that went, they were like a strip steak, but narrower. And people were cooking those. Then they started selling the whole tri-tip. And now you have a hell of a time finding finding them at certain times of the year because people have caught on to cooking them. And they're, they're easy to cook. And for a, you know, a four-pound piece of meat, um, you know... They cook relatively quickly, and really, yeah. You know, I mean, you're not like cooking a brisket. You know, yeah. you're not out there for hours and hours. I mean, and you the other thing,
1: like a ribeye or anything else.
0: Yeah, and so they're yeah. they're, and people can cook them very well on a gas grill. And most people use gas grills, so um, you know that's the the number one seller around the country is a gas grill. So people can yep. do can do them there. And they're very tender and they're uh you can season them any way you want and cut them properly and they make um you know great um you know great with your with your picnic or your dinner or whatever you're doing and then or you know for sandwiches later, what have you. So they're really good. And that's kind of my go-to deal is tri-tips. I that's mean interesting. Yeah, I mean I cook ribs all the time. I cook I probably cook a dozen briskets a year. Just And one of the reasons is I've cut that back is because of COVID and all that stuff. We don't have the parties we used to or the barbecues right. on the deck. Um, and so the good part about that is I don't have to wrestle a brisket uh, all day long, <laughs> you know, um, for a party that starts at four. And I don't have to get up at four type thing, you know, and do that. So um, that's really it, um, you know, And and like I said, I always cook chicken legs. Uh I like chicken thighs. I'm not a um chicken breast guy or anything like that. And I um Yeah, I like
1: that dark. The dark meat just has so much more flavor with yeah. the content it just, yeah. you can't beat it.
0: And I know Meathead and I are always going back and forth on spatchcocking, you know, chickens or turkeys at Thanksgiving cuz he does that at Thanksgiving, spatchcocks his turkey and lays it out and you know and and that's great. Uh my family get together, they still want to see the big bird on the plate. You know, and all Yeah. That, so
1: I, I love spatchcocking chickens. That's typically how I always cook them. But yeah. with turkey at Thanksgiving, I like that traditional turkey look. You know? Yeah. <laughs> the the big, you know.
0: Yeah, and it, it's really, you know, the spatchcocking makes it go faster. Um, yeah. And, and you kind of make sure that even down in the leg joints and stuff, that's really that's that's cooked. You know, because sometimes it won't get exactly cooked evenly because of the size of the bird or whatever and you have to kind of be careful of that. Um mm-hmm. but after you do a few of them you you figure that out and you know how to deal with it. But yeah, I'd say tri-tip. Um that's interesting. I'll have yeah. to keep it keep my eye out for tri-tip. Like I said, I they're hard to find around here, but yeah. Well just I'll, I'll I don't know what, what what stores. I mean if you've got Kroger's or we do have Kroger. Yeah. You can usually go to them and ask the meat guy To save you a couple and uh you know of course everything now you know comes in a box it's pre-cut rough cut in a box and the butchers are just trimming the meat versus the old days when they got a a whole carcass or a half a carcass or a quarter in or whatever and they trimmed from there
1: right actually cutting it
0: yeah they're actually cutting it this is not um, it doesn't come that way anymore. I know a few butcher shops still get them, but it's very uncommon for regular yeah. people. So, yeah. And the same thing with hogs, you know, they, they come in a box, ribs come in a box pre-packed and all that stuff. So, um,
1: yeah, it's kind of hard. hard to find a place around here to actually, but there's only a couple places to get whole hogs if you want them.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And they're, and they're usually very small outfits that do that.
1: Yeah. we, the the closest place to me is actually, I, I live right next to Virginia Tech, which is an agricultural college. And sure. and the the ag department actually sells them. Um, they have like a store on, well, I'm assuming this didn't get closed down with COVID because now it's been a year since I went there. But they have like a little store that they will sell meats on site also, but you can order a whole hog or whatever yeah. like that from them.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep. Been there. And uh, you can do that at a number of universities out up and down the West Coast here um you can pick up products i know oregon state does it a little bit and um i think uc davis down there where the vet school is i think uh i think they can probably do it there for you if you know you're listening in those areas but yeah i just i just find your guy at uh the meat manager and say i'd like to get some tri tips and that's uh, what i
1: might do yeah. talk to them then
0: <laughs> just just ask them cuz they can put it on the order and they'll get a box of them and they'll probably say well You know, we get, normally they come in um, vacuum packed and there's like four or five tri-tips in one vacuum bag and there'll be like three bags in a case like that or four depending on which supplier they're getting it from. So probably Mm -hmm. if you said, you know, okay, well, I'll buy a bag, one whole thing, and then they're they're not left with so many to try to, you know, put a skew on and get in the case and all that stuff. But That's a good point. Yeah. But if you did that, they'd, uh, I'm sure you'd do it, but let me know if you ever, if you ever cook one, um, I will. Yeah. Cause they're kind of fun. They were, they are really a lot of fun. Well, listen, um, I think we're going to wrap this up here and Dennis, it's been a lot of fun to talk to you and I wish you the best of luck this year and keep me, uh, in the loop on your victories, would you?
1: I will, man. And I appreciate you having me on, man. This was a lot of fun. Y'all, uh, I'll keep you updated. Hopefully it'll be good news as the uh, year goes as oh, along here. <laughs> I'm sure it will
0: be. I'm sure it will be. Just stay out of Washington, D.C. is the only thing I can tell you.
1: <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> All right.
0: All right. Well, Dennis Bowman from KCBS World Champion Barbecue Team Bowman's Butts and Barbecue. He is the uh, current reigning world champ in the Invitational and in the Backyard Series for Chicken and Ribs. Uh, it's been a real pleasure to talk to you, Dennis. I really enjoyed it. I really appreciate it too, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. You bet. We'll be back next week with another edition of After Hours here on Barbecue Nation. Until then, go outside, cook something, and enjoy the day. Take care, everybody.